Well, good morning, everybody joining us. Appreciate you guys attending. Um, first and foremost, uh, uh, I hope everybody's safe and taking care of your family and uh, hopefully your businesses and work and everybody will come back up and flourish when this thing gets lifted, but um, God bless you all. Um, Dennis, and, Dennis Burrell and myself, I'm Ken Adent, uh, started this just because we love to talk football. And I think Dana can attest to that. And we do have uh, two members of the NMA with us, Dusty Young and Dana Pappas. Um, we'll get to Dana in just a moment, but uh, we do want to announce a couple of upcoming speakers, uh, guest speakers that we have. Dennis, do you want to give us the names and the uh, dates, please? Yeah, so uh, this week on um, Tuesday, we'll have Pac-12 referee, uh, formal umpire Frank Villar that will be on Tuesday at 6 on Wednesday um, we'll have another Pac-12 umpire on Wednesday night at 6 uh, Roscoe and on Thursday will be the Division 2 RMAC and did you figure out your uh, audio problems That's from right. Monday hey Todd mutual could you guys could 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 everybody please turn off your cameras and mute? I told you what Everybody mute your computers and turn off your cameras. And then on so on Thursday we have uh, Mike Contreras that will talk to uh, to the group at six p.m. on Thursday, and then next Saturday will be NFL referee Brad Rogers uh, giving us another talk. Okay. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, Mr. Land Clark looks like he's logged on. Uh, Dana. Yes, D Dana Pappas, could you please introduce our guest? <clears throat> I surely will. Uh, good morning, everybody, and thank you for joining us on this uh, fine Saturday morning. It is exciting to have the special guest on, on the phone. Um, I've been fortunate enough to know Land the entire time I've worked at the NMAA office, and um, I'm not doing a real formal introduction. I think it's more of a, a personal one. Uh, Land, of course, worked collegiate football in both Mountain West and in the Pac-12. He was a referee in the Pac-12, and I think he called a bowl game pretty much every year that he was a collegiate official. He did call the national championship between Alabama and Notre Dame. And for those of you who watched that game, the most exciting part of it was that Land was the referee. Um, it was it was not much of a game, but it was certainly exciting to see Land um, on that stage. Um, Land, of course, is in the NFL. He's entering his third season in the league and was just promoted, I believe, within the last week to the position referee. Um, one of the things that I think is important to remember about Land really has nothing to do with his officiating resume, which is absolutely impressive, but. Land is one of the most humble individuals that you'll ever meet. Um, he's absolutely extraordinary when it comes to his football knowledge, and he's absolutely forgotten more about the sport than many of us will ever know. But Land has continually paid it forward and ensured that he gives back to the little guy, which would be all of us. Um, he always wants to help. He always wants to, to give back, and he's always looking for ways to stay involved with the high school officials. Um, one of the things about Land is a number of years ago, I used to have Land do a lot of film breakdown for us. A number of years ago, 
he called me at the end of the season. I was like, well, why didn't you send me a film? And this was right when you gotten into the league. And I was pretty sure that he had bigger fish to fry. But he's uh, a man without ego. And he's somebody who is just a kind of an icon of officials here in the state of New Mexico and a great friend uh, to me personally and to the, the New Mexico Officials Association. He comes and speaks every year at Ken Murphy's camp here in Albuquerque and is just a true asset to the New Mexico Officials Association, New Mexico Activities Association. Um, and definitely I, I am a fan and I'm hoping for a fall season in the NFL so that we can all see Land doing his thing on the on the big stage. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce a good friend of all of ours, uh, Mr. Land Clark. Thanks, Dana. I hope everybody can. I'm uh, yeah, shutting up everybody else in the um, in this uh, new uh, odd reality we're we're in I, uh, I hope everybody's safe um so uh can't ask me to talk about whatever i wanted to and he gave me a few so what i decided to do was just kind of lump them all together that is something that i feel is probably the most important part about officiating uh, and that is game management uh, you know those of you who have heard me speak before you know th this is kind of the bread and butter so if if i can figure out how to do this i'll try to share the screen somebody can turn this over to me so yeah um can you hear me land Dennis, are you helping him out? And uh, please, everybody, turn off your microphones. Thank you. Everybody seeing that uh, PowerPoint now? No, hold on. Yes, sir, we got you. Yep, we got it. Perfect. So it's, I think, you know, it's more than just your calls. I, I know uh, all of us, you know, as soon as the game is over, if we can get the video, we get the video and we're looking at, you know, that pass interference or that holding ball, uh, make sure we got it right. Uh, but football officiating is just more than that. It's, it's how we manage the game and how we uh, you know, deal with players, deal with coaches, uh, in a lesser degree, deal with fans. <laughs> Is the most important uh, you know, quote here from uh, Tom Landry. You know, and I, I think it's true. I mean, yeah, we uh, we're always looking for that big call. And I think you know, if, if that comes your way, you get to call it. That's great. Uh, but uh, I had. Uh, a Big 12 referee told me a long time ago, and it made a lot of sense. Don't let great get in the way of good. And uh, there's there's a lot of players uh, in the NFL who are quote game managers at QB, and that's I think a lot what we need to be is is managers because you know the game is yours, and if you manage it well, uh, everybody's okay. We're gonna miss calls. We're gonna miss pass interference. We're gonna miss a clip, maybe, maybe even a safety foul. That that's 
you know, that's just going to happen. It happens to us in real time from one angle, things are going to get away from us. But uh, if we look good doing it and manage it on the field, we still have credibility and the game is going to go okay. So, uh, you know, dealing with coaches, I think is an, an important part of that. I know, I don't know if there's any coaches in the room, but uh, it, it, it's a tough job. And I, I think as officials, we kind of look at coaching through our perspective, which is flawed. We, uh, we spent a lot of time doing this officiating deal, but it's not nearly what they spend. And uh, so uh, just, just to realize that when you go out there uh, and shake that referee's hand and introduce yourself, there's an exchange of power there uh, that uh, that coach who for the previous week is in charge of everything. When the players get up in the morning, what they eat for breakfast, the meetings they go to, uh, the workouts, the practices, he is the king. And then when he shakes your hand, he's given that up to you uh, to manage that football game. And uh, he's not liking it much. And that's just a fact. So, uh, Kind of keep that in mind and be cognizant of that. You're dealing with somebody who's not used to that position. So make sure you uh, are sensitive to that, that reality. Uh, these individuals, this is their, their life. This is, you know, many of them, it's all they do. Uh, so yeah, they're gonna be biased. They're not gonna, they're not gonna worry about fair. They're not gonna worry about, uh, what's even what's right or wrong these they have a, a an emotional interest in all these players and certainly in the in the game so yeah they're they're gonna have a slant that's it's all at times not even rational but that's okay uh, you, but if you understand that uh, you can kind of be a, a little bit uh, uh, it's a little bit easier to deal with and you can can help them through some of those contentious discussions if you if you look at it through their eyes um, and realize that a lot of time coaches are just venting you know they're upset because the, the play didn't work or that uh, individual player bit foul and now they're backed up so recognize that sometimes the coach is just venting and sometimes the coach is using you to, uh, to motivate players. I think we've uh, all kind of seen that when a, a coach will just lose his mind and it doesn't really make sense. Well, it may not make sense to you, but that demonstrative interaction with you, he may be looking to fire up his team that he thinks is you know, maybe playing a little flat or uh, or not trying hard. So again, look at it from their perspective. It makes it a little bit easier to deal with. Um, and remember, it's not personal. It it really isn't. It's uh, it's not about you. It's you know, most of these 
know, some of you know coaches pretty well, but that's kind of the exception. We're, you know, we show up uh, on game day and we're <laughs> a couple hours together, but, you know, the rest of the time, uh, we, we don't know who these people are. So it, it kind of comes with the job. You, you get the bad polyester suit and the target on your back. And, uh, they're going to take some stuff out on you. And as long as it's not personal, it's, it's not personal. But when it gets personal, uh, that's, uh, that's a problem. I think, uh, you know, we can, we can let a coach vent and we can let them yell. And, but when it, when that sentence begins with you, uh, then, then we got to draw a line because that tends to snowball the teams hear it, the other coaches hear it. And, uh, and it, it, it can get out of hand. Um, and uh, I don't know about any of you, but I've been doing this a while and I have never come to a coach when he's upset and he <coughs> what I called and he looks me in the eye and says, okay, land, yeah, you're right. It, it, it just doesn't happen. So it's okay to agree to disagree and just say okay coach that's what i saw that's what i called and uh let the let the video justify your call don't try to convince anybody of anything mostly because sometimes the video will tell you you're wrong so uh just uh you know just agree to disagree and that's okay um, but as long as you're interacting with the coach and it's it's professional it'll mostly go okay you try to ignore them, and it's just like your spouse. They just start talking louder. So uh, just deal with them. Some of you are very, very good communicators, and you can have those uh, sometimes even heated discussion with coaches. It's aren't quite that good. So uh, I think my best communication often with the coach is I nod my head. I look at him, make eye contact, nod my head, yeah, coach, I got you, and, uh, and and move on because oftentimes he's just looking to be heard. And then uh, recognize that uh, it's the whole game. It, it's from you know the time we step out onto the field <coughs> and, and until we get back into the into the bus or the or the car to go home, uh, beginning in 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 the pregame. And yeah. one thing I think we all need to be re cognizant of is perception is reality. You know, eyes are always on us. I don't care if you're working a a freshman game uh, <clears throat> on uh, Milne two or you're working a big high school game on Friday night or, or what people are, are always looking at you. Uh, you know, this is just for instance, uh, this, uh, shot, um, you see here that, uh, person right there is Bill Levy. He is the, uh, referee supervisor in the NFL. 
Adrian and I are going around doing our pregame thing, and uh, we're being watched. You never know. And it doesn't really matter whether it's a supervisor or another coach or, or just a fan. I just remember you are always on. Your credibility starts the minute you walk outside with that striped shirt. So uh, just you're on stage, so uh, play the part. Uh, during the pregame, always open the lines of communication uh, before the contention. You know, if that first conversation you have with the quarterback or, uh, you know, the defensive captain or a coach or, or, or anybody, if that first conversation is after you've thrown a flag, that's probably not going to go nearly as well as if you uh, talked before. I always talk to players and coaches before the game, try not to get in the way, uh, but I do want to, you know, a quick introduction especially as a referee, I'll introduce myself to, uh, to both quarterbacks, let them know if they need anything, let me know. If they want to discuss something further, absolutely. Uh, if they want to go back to work, I let them go back to work. Um, so, but that helps uh, your perception uh, from the people, also helps you. I mean, if you just go out there and stand with your hands in your pocket, and uh, that very first uh, play from scrimmage, something happened, you're not going to be ready. So go out there, uh, watch some football, watch them warm up. Uh, I think it'll, it'll help your game. Probably the, you know, the, the biggest time we're, uh, we're evaluated on game management is foul administration. This is when everybody quits looking at us or quits looking at the game and starts looking at us. So uh, we need to be sharp. It begins, you know, the minute we, we throw that flag, actually it begins even before that. Uh, I know in the high school ranks, uh, you guys aren't crude, and even in small college, it kind of mixes up a little bit. But regardless of how often you call together, make sure you agree as a crew what needs to be called. Um, you know, I don't. Nobody comes to a football game to to watch a, a bunch of middle-aged people in, in uh, black and white suits, you know, throw penalties and talk about it. So let's make sure those fouls have meaning in the game and and because a lot of times we can be technically correct but some of those technical correct calls kind of get rid of in the mess up the flow of a football game so uh throw what you need to throw now, if it means something absolutely that's why we're out there to balance that uh, and you know players are, are looking for an edge and uh to, need to level out that playing field uh, when it comes to fouls but again we're going to miss some of these we're going to get a lot of them right i don't, I don't average uh, football official just has no idea how hard it is what you do it's, it's a tough job uh, but you're going to get you know 95 percent of them right and uh 
the people who work for you in your regular job were that accurate, you'd probably be okay with it. Uh, we're expected to be right 100% of the time. So, uh, so remember, it, it uh, starts before, but then when that flag comes out, uh, we really got to tighten it up. And we may get the foul right or wrong. That really doesn't matter. But the administration of a penalty, there is no excuse to screw that up. There's three, four, five, six, seven, eight of you out there, and it's everybody's responsibility. So, uh, you know, if if a crew screws up a penalty enforcement, costs the team a game, you're all probably going to get sat down. And if you really want to uh, give your career over to some idiot in a white hat, you're just not very bright. Uh, you know, take ownership, uh, help them out. It, uh, you know, this is my deal. I, I think of, of uh, foul administration is like shooting free throws. You do it the same way every time, regardless whether it's a, a false start or, you know, a double with and a double after, and there's, you know, there's 12 flags on the field. Uh, because if you do it the same way, it becomes almost muscle memory. So, you know, make sure there's a flag at the spot of the foul. There is, we, you get a football and you set it on the grass uh, at the end of the run. If it's a kick, we've got a bean bag at the end of the kick. And of course, the previous spot is, uh, is static. And uh, hopefully I can figure out, uh, how to, well, I'll illustrate this in the next slide, but uh, let's so hold that thought. Uh, report to the referee. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, every referee does wants files reported to them differently. Uh, but whatever way that is, if they look good, you look good. So help your help yourself look good and give it to them the way you you want it. Uh, Adrian Hill, uh, first year referee in the league this year, uh, and I've refereed for quite a while in college. He wanted actual uh, over the the radios, over the official to official, wanted the the number called out during his announcement, which was incredibly hard for me to do because if you're on my crew and you talk while I'm announcing, I will kill you. <laughs> I got enough voices in my head. I don't need yours, but that's what he wanted. So I tried very hard uh, to to do it. And when when he got that that number, he uh, he was better. So we were better. So do whatever they want uh, because it'll make uh, you look better. You know, there's there's a, a basic rule that I don't think we we really spend a lot of time on, but it, it, it just looks so horrible if a referee has to come back to you to ask you something. It looks like the whole crew doesn't know what they're doing. So always let the referee turn away from you first. I know it's a small thing, and I know your adrenaline's going because that's a big call and you're thinking about it and you know and that uh, that plays on a wheel and it's going around and around in your head so you're excited and you want to write it down and 
get that description uh, so you, you get that great grade but you know slow down speed kills when it comes to penalty enforcement you got to be efficient but if you start hurrying that's when, when we mess it up so uh, let let the referee turn away from you uh, and then you can go about your business uh, always help with uh, numbers however referee wants to help help with numbers I do a pretty good job with one number you get me past that and and I'm out because I don't want to be so worried about worried about three numbers that I point the wrong way so I look for help but however your referee wants that uh, you know if you have the radios that's obviously uh, uh, an efficient way but uh, if you got to stand in front and yell everybody knows what's happening we're not fooling anybody so it's it's okay and as long as we get it right, we look good, uh, penalties administered right, we are golden. Coaches options, you know, this is, uh, we, we've gotten so good at this uh, over the last several years about just enforcing the, the obvious penalty. However, what that has led to is that coaches aren't used to dealing with option. So talk about it in your crews. You know, if you, you know, it's third and 10 and they throw a touchdown pass and there's offensive holding. Well, obviously we're going to mark off the holding. That's just a no brainer. But as a, a sideline official, go tell the coach what you're going to do because then he's used to you on a foul coming to him and talking to him. So that way, if it's, you know, uh, if it, well, I mean, not something that, uh, NFL specific, but if you've got, uh, let's say you've got uh, uh, defenses lined up in neutral, I think that's consistent. Uh, and they, and they gain six yards. Well, if he's used to come, you coming at him on penalties, even when there's really no option, it's not going to be a surprise when you say, "Hey, coach, you went first and uh, and five or second and four. And he's again, he's used to that. He's going to make a decision. I don't know why. He's probably going to have to ask somebody upstairs because maybe. The air is better up there and they can make better decisions. I don't know, but they always do it. However, uh, it will uh, help you be a, a little bit uh, more efficient. And uh, lastly on this, again, whether it's a false start or an easy penalty enforcement, always go through your verification process. Have the umpire go to the spot, give, uh, whether it's a 5, 10, or 15, however, would like to do that, march it off together, and never, ever put the ball on the ground until everybody's good. Because if you bend over, pick up a football and move it somewhere else, somebody knows you don't know what you're doing. You can stand there and wander around with it for quite a bit. Nobody cares. But you go back to a football and pick it back up. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's no secret. You've made a mistake. So take, in that case, take your uh, take your time, make sure you're right, and everybody uh, checks off on where that penalty is enforced from and to, 
you're on it. And then uh, clock status every time get together, however you want to do it, verify the clock status. Uh, you go through great pass interference call. You nail the enforcement. Um, you know, it's just you, you do everything right. You, you put it at the right spot and uh, you, you forget to wind the clock or you wind it when you're not supposed to. Greg Sanchez, that's you. We have several people who have their microphone on. Sorry, Lam. Go ahead. Land, you're muted. How's that? Okay, you're good. Much better. Okay. Thank you. Uh, so uh, let's say we snap at the 30. We've got a down box that says third down over there at the sideline. And uh, let's just say, uh, you know, we've got a run around this, this side and uh, they're down. At the at the B forty five, so this is the end of the run. Sometime during that penalty, uh, or sometime during that uh, run, we have a penalty. Uh, let's say we've got a right here. We've got an 08. Well, if we're doing this all in the abstract, it's hard to piece that together. I think most officials are visual people, so if I've got a flag down. here at the spot and I set a football down at the end of the run, I know where the previous spot is. It is completely obvious to everybody what we're doing. So there's been a preliminary signal of holding on the offense. It is a, it is a piece of cake to officiate. Uh, conversely, same kind of play. We'll start here at the 30, third down, run here, ends at the 45. Forgive me, it's hard to write on this thing. And we have an OH on the B45. Spot a foul. So we've got a foul down on 145. Football sitting on the other 45, the previous spots, the 30. Uh, we know we're going from the end of the run and we mark it off. It, it, it is just so simple if you have that visual. 
But to have that visual, you've got to do it every time. To get into that rhythm and to, uh, to make sure you're consistent. Because when now you've got that same play, but you've also got uh, roughing the passer, and you've got uh, you, you know, you've got a defensive hold. Well, now again, if we have flags down in the right place, ball down at the end of the run, then it's just administrating, and we've got a clear image in our mind about where we're going from and where we're going to. Make sense? Okay, other things that I think are important to uh, game management. Uh, many of you don't have replay, but uh, you know, a few of you do. Uh, this is a important time uh, to, to make sure you get it right. I won't spend a lot of time on replay because I know many of you don't have to deal with it. Thank goodness. Hopefully we don't have to deal with it in pass interference anymore. That was a challenge, but um, it's just, it's, it's a whole lot like penalty enforcement. Do it the same way, do it consistently, make sure the whole crew's involved in, uh, in that uh, process so that when you come out of it, everything's communicated, we get the plate, going and uh, they quit looking at us and start watching what they came there for and that's uh, that's the watch football uh, measurements uh, many years ago I, I had a game uh, in, uh, in the Big Ten uh, tough game great atmosphere it was that uh, 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 Texas Tech and uh, you know, we had some we had some really tough calls, and we got a lot of them right, and we, we missed a couple of them. But uh, just it's a really good good game. And uh, Mr. Anderson called me afterwards and uh, said, "Great game," and then proceeded to tell me how we butchered an uh, a measurement because it looked bad, and it did. I mean, we had players in the way, and we had to stretch the chain twice uh, because it. it it takes away from your credibility if you uh, if you are fumbling around out there. Um, I hope this picture is is blurry enough so you can't tell who's who, other than Joe Larue because you can see his number, but uh, he's doing okay. But you, you see that uh, that uh, posture by that umpire. You know he's got his hands in his pockets. A veteran official. You know he's done this a thousand times, but it it doesn't look good. So whether it be a measurement, whether it be, uh, you know, spotting the football, uh, ball mechanics, any of those things, just remember you are you are on stage. We are all as officials, uh, actors in this production. So uh, don't don't get out of character because people see that. Uh, most don't appreciate it when we are not professional at that. Timeouts, I, I know it's usually a great time to sort of, you know, take a breath and relax, but 
uh, you know, certainly you don't have to be as dialed in as you do for those 68 seconds during the play. You still have to be dialed in. And, uh, you know, if you relax your body posture and or you're just you know, goofing around with, a, with uh, another member of the crew, people see that. Very serious to a lot of people, needs to be serious to us. That's not to say we can't have fun out there and smile. That's, that's not what I mean. I just mean that we always look and act professional because it's part of managing the game. Uh, Halftime as well. We live in an age where everybody's got a video camera in their pocket and uh, we running off the field or walking back on the field, you know, we're doing something stupid or saying something stupid. There's a very, very good chance that uh, somebody has that on tape. So just don't put yourself in that position. Make sure you manage the locker room. I know that sounds a little odd, but you know, if there are people wandering in and out of there, which they certainly always are on the on the higher levels, people coming in and coming out, and that's that's okay to a point. If you need to have a discussion with the crew about a, a call or a situation or a coach, uh, make sure you're the only people in there. It is vital <clears throat> pal guy doesn't hear somebody on the crew complain about what a coach said. Because you know what? That's getting back to him. So uh, manage that uh, as well. Uh, you know, I talked a little bit about clocks at, uh, and penalty enforcement, but that's every down. Uh, it's everybody's responsibility. So if you, you call a perfect game, but let, you know, two minutes run off the clock, you're, you're that crew that didn't know what they were doing. I know clock operators can be challenging at times. Uh, if if you work with them and are constantly vigilant, resets tend to embarrass them. They, you know, they'll put down that hot dog and, and the soda pop and, and maybe actually watch the football game. So just, just stay on it. Uh, you're not going to make them great if they're not very good, but uh, you can make them better if you continue to work out. And, uh, you know, I, I think this all, to, to wrap this all up, it, it's all about the, the passion of the game. A lot of you have been doing this for a long time, comes pretty natural to you, kind of just jump into it and do a great job. But, you know, if, if you have the passion to get better every game, uh, you will. Don't, you're probably getting worse. Those players stay about the same age. We get a little older. So practice all the time. You know, when, when you're out running around on the grass, think about football and how you run during a football game. You're you know, just doing those scrimmages. Do them like it's a playoff game. Because Practice that way, you'll play that way. Many of you have heard me uh, speak, have uh, seen this quote. 
I, uh, I believe it completely. I've, I've never considered myself the, the smartest or the, or the fastest or, uh, or, the, or the best, uh, but uh, I refuse to be outworked because if, uh, if I keep working and keep uh, trying to, uh, to improve, I'll be, I'll be better than I was last game. Sometimes uh, I was okay, sometimes I wasn't very good, but I'm always looking to uh, to get better, and I think if we all take that approach, we will get better. Uh, once again, uh, thanks for this opportunity. Thanks, Ken, uh, and certainly Dana for that uh, great uh, introduction. Dana and I go go way back, and uh, she's been a huge advocate for officiating in New Mexico, and you all owe her a debt of gratitude. So with that, uh, I don't know how well it'll work in a conference, but uh, if, uh, if you have any questions, uh, uh, let me know. Man, that was all fantastic stuff. I know we all have a question. Let's limit it to a couple. And if everybody can continue to mute their microphones, um, Lan, I just have a question about your conditioning. You're obviously in great shape. Can you just tell us a couple of things on what you do. Uh, well, I uh, um, um, I do. Uh, I work out a lot because I'm. I have a little uh, OCD problem. But, um, <laughs> you know, my. Uh, my in-season routine is um, get home from a game, usually either late uh, Sunday night or early Sunday morning, uh, go to work. But after work, you know, I'll do a, a recovery run and then usually some, uh, you know, some leg work. Tuesday mornings, uh, lift, uh, Tuesday, uh, afternoon do some uh, uh you know more cardio uh, bike or elliptical something easy on the knees uh wednesday lift uh morning wednesday night do some football stuff you know speed drills those kind of things um, uh, thursday morning lift uh, thursday afternoon or evening uh, i take it off uh, take a little break Go out with my wife, uh, do, uh, some church stuff, and uh, Friday morning lift again. Uh, Friday night do some light football stuff to to keep uh, uh, loose. So usually fly out Saturday morning, uh, try to get to the hotel, uh, work out a little bit, stretch out a lot, and uh, and do a little uh, stationary bag these kind of things. And then uh, hopefully Sunday I'm. Uh, I'm feeling good and be able to run around a little bit. <clears throat> okay. Um, Lan, we have one question that was put in the chat. It's more towards a, a rule, but uh, let's go ahead and try to answer it more of a philosophy. Oh. Um, if you like. <laughs> more of a philosophy. Okay. Of, uh, and I'll read it to you. What What is the rule of thumb on the blindside block, especially on full action plays like 
kick returns, etc. It seems like we always get heat from one coach about whether or not the the player saw someone coming. Well, I'm probably not the guy to talk about high school roles because, quite frankly, I don't know them anymore. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I can tell you in the NFL, it's it's not, it probably is difficult as, as it is at, uh, at the high school because uh, we don't care if, if you're paying attention and can see them coming or not. If it's parallel or back uh, to your goal line, it, it's, a, it's a blindside block. So, that's a safety foul. So, I mean, I would just, because it's, it's, believe it or not, it's hard to tell whether it's uh, parallel or back. So, you know, if, if, some, if a kid gets blown up, I, I would call, call it. If, if he can see him coming and can brace him to, uh, you know, avoid, avoid the contact, it's probably, uh, it may not be. Right, and I think I think the big thing in the high school rule is uh, was he leading with the hands or not? Because there still is the legal blindside block, because you have to lead with your hands. So, uh. yeah, good point, and that's that's the same. Uh, you know, it's got to be shoulder, head, forearm for us. So yeah, if he uh, puts his hands out and you know gives him a big shove, and you know he goes head over over feet, and it's just a big train wreck, that's still legal. Thank you. Talk to us about your promotion to referee, please. What, uh, how is your weekly preparation going to change, or are you looking forward to it? Uh, definitely looking forward to it because I, I think I'm a lot uh, better referee than I am a field judge. But uh, <clears throat> um, yeah, I uh, I'm very excited. It's uh, you know, as a referee, it's it's a lot the same preparation because you know you asked about my. Uh, my workout routine, but also that, that two, three hours a day that I'm spending, you know, going over rules and, and going over video, well, that probably doubles uh, now uh, from a white hat uh, perspective. But uh, you know, it's it's uh, it, it's an honor. I mean, there are 17 of us in the world, and I have just been blessed to end up as one of them, and you know. Those of you who you know know me for a while, I saw Mickey and a few other people on the, on the line. You know, my my path was not normal, I guess. Uh, kind of <laughs> uh, a little uh, little delayed for a lot of reasons, and uh, uh, I kind of got into certainly the NFL late and didn't expect to uh, rise to the referee, but time and circumstances. So you, you got to be ready. That's that. That's that's my advice. I, I, I tell. I've told the story a lot. Many of you may have heard it. And when I got into the Mountain West, I was hired by Bill Levy. And if you weren't six foot 